most respected ulama-i kiram, brothers and elders. We are in those Mubarak months which are known as the months of Hajj. From the time the moon is sighted for Shawwal, the moon of Eid, the months of Hajj commence. Some would be fortunate to perhaps be performing the Hajj this year. Many have already gone. Many of us may not have that opportunity. But our hearts should be connected to this great ibadat. And whether we are performing Hajj or not, the lessons of Hajj are nevertheless for everyone. Hazrat Maha Hussain Ahmad Mandi Rahmatullah when the months of Hajj would come, so this was long before he had the opportunity of performing Hajj for the first time also, he would very, very deeply keep sighing. And this statement would be on his tongue, Ushaq kya karte honge? Those who have gone for Hajj, he would refer to them as the Ushaq, the lovers of Allah Ta'ala. That they have gone to the house of Allah Ta'ala, they have gone to Baytullah, what they must be doing. And sometimes he wouldn't be able to sleep at night, tossing and turning, and this would be the statement on his tongue, Ushaq kya karte honge? Once it was the day of Arafah. So he was not in Hajj, he was in India. And somebody presented some itar to him to use. So as soon as that person presented the itar, he began tearing. First it was a bit strange. Somebody offered him itar to use. And he's tearing. So he said, Ushaq to isse mahroom hai. That the lovers of Allah Ta'ala, they are in ihram. So they are not using itar. Not that it was anything wrong to use the itar, but his heart was so deeply attached. And he was so deeply connected to this ibadat that was being performed and to the Baytullah and to the rites of Hajj that his mind was so focused on that that they are not using itar today, they are in ihram. And I'm going to be using itar, I want to keep resembling them in some way. So what we learn from this, from the lives of our kabir, is that our hearts have to be connected in the right places. And he was so deeply connected to this, Allah Ta'ala brought that day and that time, when then for 18 years, he sat in front of the Rosa Mubarak and gave dars of hadith, taught hadith sharif. 18 years he gave the lessons of Hadith Sharif. Allah Ta'ala made the intizam that then they migrated to Madinatul Munawwara. And 18 years sitting in front of the Rosa Mubarak and giving the dars of Hadith Sharif, the lessons of Hadith Sharif. But where did this, the seed of this was that connection of the heart. Where was it connected? This connection of the heart is a very, very great thing. In the Hadith Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the very famous Hadith which we discussed on some previous occasions, the seven people that will be granted the shade of the arsh on the day of Qiyamah. Seven categories. When there will be no shade besides the shade of the arsh of Allah Ta'ala. And one of those seven categories, رَجُلٌ قَلْبُهُ مُعَلَّقٌ بِالْمَسْجِدِ That person whose heart is attached to the masjid. He is going to go home, he is going to go to his work, he is going to go to his job, he is going to go to his profession, He's going to go to whatever his needs and necessities are. It is not expected that he's going to be 24 hours in the masjid. And neither is that required of him. Because he has to earn a halal living as well, etc. But his heart is in the masjid. So this is such a great thing. Allah Ta'ala loves this so much. That this person is in his business. He is in his profession. He is in his work, in his job. He is at home. He is with his family. He's apparently enjoying whatever the ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala are outside, but his heart is in the masjid. Allah Ta'ala 
person might wonder that how can it be that he's in the bazaar, he's in the shop, he's in the business, and his heart be in the masjid. So the Ahlullah, this is the description of them. In all the occupations of the world, person is immersed in his business, a person is immersed in his work, whatever. But in everything, his heart is with Allah Ta'ala. While being with everybody, they are still away from everyone. Physically they are with everyone, laughing and joking with everyone, but their hearts are with Allah Taala. Sometimes the Ahlullah, we may get deceived. Hazrat Mufti Mahmoud Sahib he had a very jovial nature. And people sitting sometimes would wonder that this person is joking so much. Many of our mashayikh, comes. But we need to understand that these people appear to be sometimes just like one of us. That they are laughing, smiling, joking. But the heart, the heart is filled with the love of Allah Ta'ala. And it is filled with that connection with Allah Ta'ala. People thought they're just one of us. But they are with Allah Taala. So like that, this connection with the masjid, the heart is attached to the masjid. Now the person is at home, he just gone home, but he's setting his alarm. What time is Fajr? I mustn't miss my Fajr. He's setting two alarms. He's setting one close to his bed, he's setting one away so that he'll have to walk to switch it off. Many a person says, I just go unconscious Fajr time. So the question is that if there was a fishing trip at that time, the fish are biting early in the morning, then somehow the person is super conscious, then he can't get sleep. So how come just when there is no outing, there is only Fajr Salah, that to not only Fajr Salah in the context that it is the something small, that it is Fajr Salah, then the person is suddenly unconscious. And other than that for dunya we are conscious, so the issue is to have the heart attached to the masjid. Now the person is setting his alarm, he's worried about what time he's going to wake up. And there are many, many instances, many people forget Fajr Salah because their heart is so attached to Salah. Many of us would be aware of such people. That let alone Fajr Salah, they would wake up regularly for Tahajjud daily without any alarm. The time of Tahajjud has come and the person's eyes are open. And no alarm required. Many a times we traveled with the Ustad, Hazrat Mahafaz Rahman Sahib, down Barakatuhum, and he would just, as a form of encouragement to everybody else, he'll ask, Tahajjud me kon uthayega? So now everybody is looking at one another, Tahajjud me kon uthayega? And somebody is setting the alarm and whatever else, long before anybody's alarm rings also, he is already up without any alarm. And many people, Allah Ta'ala breaks this possible for them because their heart is so attached to this ibadat. So this heart attachment this is a very great thing, very big thing, provided it's attached in the right place. And Nabi Islam kept teaching this attachment, where it should be attached. On one occasion, in one battle, one sahabi comes and he says to Nabi Islam that the booty that I received, I sold it. Then I used that money and bought something else. And then I sold that and I carried on buying and selling, and today nobody earned so much of profit as I have earned. Now, that was halal, 100% halal. He started off with such a halal capital. There can be nothing more halal than booty. Nothing more halal than that capital. So what a halal capital he started off with. And now he earned halal profit. But Nabi Wasallam redirected that attachment that he felt something now that I, I earned so much Nabi Islam says should I tell you something better he gave him the fazilat of performing two rakat salah after wudu that's better so the attachment of the heart not to be attached to the things of the dunya the things of the dunya will be in the hands be in the pocket be in the bank it will be in the safe alhamdulillah no problem earned in a halal way and used in a halal way be in the hands, be anywhere outside, but not in the heart. The heart, the heart is for Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, we were discussing this attachment to Baytullah, attachment to the ibadat of Hajj. 
Hazmati Rahmatullah this was his attachment. Allah Ta'ala made this possible that he stayed then 18 years giving Hadith Sharif dars and lessons in the Haram Sharif of Madinah Munawwara. Nevertheless, this ayat of the Quran Sharif, just in this regard, that it is the time of Hajj, the Ushaq and the Hujjaj have gone to Baytullah, many are still going. But we still have to take the lessons. So in this ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited, Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala speaks about the ibadat of Hajj. Al-Hajju ashhurum ma'lumat. That Hajj are in these specified months. person can't make Hajj in any other time. That Hajj will take place in the specific times that it has been ordained. So thereafter Allah Ta'ala says, فَمَنْ فَرَضَ فِيهِنَّ الْحَجِّ Anybody who has made Hajj obligatory upon him by entering into ihram for Hajj, he made the niyat for Hajj. So now there are certain things that apply. So one aspect is that these are specific things applicable to the Haji. But it is also general in its context. Allah Ta'ala says, فَمَنْ فَرَضَ فِيهِنَّ الْحَجِّ فَلَا رَفَثْ وَلَا فُسُوقُ وَلَا جِدَالَ فِي الْحَجِّ Three things. The person who has now brought this obligation of hajj upon him, then he should perform his hajj in the manner that these three things are fulfilled. There are these three qualities in that hajj. What are these three qualities? Fala rafath. There is no immorality. Now, this is in the general context. In the context of hajj, specifically for the haji, it refers to any type of intimacy. With his wife, any type of intimacy between spouses in the state of haram is forbidden. And in, it is, in its broad and general context, anything illicit. Fala rafat wala fusuk. And any sin, one is in the specific context of hajj, then it refers to all those things that are in particular not permissible in ihram. It's permissible out of ihram. Like a person applying itar, permissible out of ihram, but in ihram he can't apply itar. And likewise, many other things he can't wear, sewn clothes, etc. So, in that context, it is pertaining to these aspects that pertain to ihram. But in its general context, any sin, any disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. Wala jidala fil hajj. And no quarreling, no argumentation, no disputes and fights. Now these are the three things the Qur'an Sharif is specifically expressing. And in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Man hajja, walam yarfuz, walam yafsuk. The person who has performed hajj, but in that entire hajj, lam yarfuz. Again in both those meanings. One is, he didn't break the ihram in any way, by engaging in any intimacy. And neither did he get involved in any kind of immorality. Walam yafsuk. Again, the same two meanings. He didn't do anything contrary to the dictates of Ihram. And neither did he commit any sin. So what is the reward of such a hajj? رَجَعَكَ يَوْمٍ وَلَدَتْهُ أُمُّ He returns like the day he was born, sinless. The day he was born, how he was sinless, he returns in that condition. Such a great ibadat. Such a great ibadat. And this ibadat, which every Nabi of Allah Ta'ala performed, and every Nabi of Allah Ta'ala brought his ummah to Baytullah, Nabi Wasallam also, it is the end of his mission coming. It is barely months before he leaves the dunya. And Nabi Wasallam takes the ummah, the sahaba ikram, huge number of them, over 100,000. And they come to Baytullah to perform hajj. So this is such a great ibadat, and this is the reward. So these three things are being mentioned in the Qur'an Sharif, that these are the requirements for a person to make this hajj, hajjul mabroor. The hadith Nabi Islam says, Al-hajjul mabroor, laysa lahu jaza'un illa al-jannah. That this hajjul mabroor, mabroor means something that is filled with virtue. There is no reward for this except jannat, the ultimate reward. Any case, we'll come to this hadith just now, just to take this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif first. There are these three things that are being mentioned. And these three things will make it hajjul mabroor. Where he will get that reward of 
Jannat, and he'll come back like the day he was born, sinless. Well, these three things that I mentioned, first was Fala Rafath, that there should be no, in terms of the ihram, intimacy, but on the broader context. And we are taking the lesson on the broader context, in the general context, that no act of in of any illicit act of any nature is to be ever committed. Now Hajj is not for the sake of those few days. That Hajjul Maburur, one of the alamat, one of the signs that a person's Hajj has become Hajjul Maburur, is that his life after Hajj changes for the better. Those aspects that were in his life before Hajj, which were against the commands of Allah Ta'ala, those obligations of deen that were lacking in his life, all these things have now changed. He is now fulfilling all the commands of Allah Ta'ala. He has now given up a life of sin. He has become conscious of the deen of Allah Ta'ala. This itself is the yardstick by which every person can judge what has been the outcome of his hajj. So what we understand from this is that hajj is not just for the sake of those five days of hajj, or the time that a person is in the Haramein Sharifain, Hajj is a life-changing experience. Hajj is a redirection. Hajj makes a person's life turn around. It's a revolution in his life. So now when the person went for Hajj, he was in Ihram. As a result of the Ihram, he is told, even that halal spouse also, you will now keep your distance. Now this is training for him. That in the days of Hajj, that halal spouse also you will keep your distance. After Hajj, after Ihram is over, you will keep the greatest distance between you and every haram and illicit action. That during Hajj, you stayed away from that which was halal on the order of Allah Ta'ala. You will stay away from that which is haram on the order of Allah Ta'ala forever. And unfortunately, very very tragically, this is the issue that is dragging us down, that is destroying our amal, that is destroying the nur, the month of Ramadan came and went, all the ibadat that was performed, the talawat of the Quran Sharif, the duas, the dhikr, the whatever other ibadat, the fast, etc. All the nur that was gathered in the heart. And come the day of Eid, and now Ramadan is over, and unfortunately again all the illicit activities start. All that nur is drained out. And as a result of the lack of maintaining the orders of deen, the segregation between males and females, whether it be in the workplace, whether it be within homes, in terms of segregating the mahrams and non, from non-mahrams, because of this not being maintained, then this becomes unfortunately the order of the day many times. All the illicit things that unfortunately go along and then these devices in our hands completely destroys all that nur of iman. Completely destroys all that barakat of Ramadan. And the person is committing zina with his eyes, with his ears and Allah unfortunately where not it finishes off. Whereas that one glance, that evil glance, that lustful glance is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. Poisonous. If a person physically, there's some poison that hits him physically, what becomes his condition? This poison goes deep down in the heart. نَظْرُ سَحْمٌ مِّن سِحَامِ إِبْلِيسَ مَسْمُومٌ Nabi Salaam says that Allah Ta'ala says that this evil glance is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. If a person is committing these haram glances, 1, 2, 3, 20, 50, it's like 50 arrows, poisonous arrows have penetrated his heart. Now that poison starts flowing throughout the body because the heart is king. And the heart is supplying everything, the nourishment to the entire body. So now the eyes can't stay in order, the ears can't stay in order, the hands and feet can't stay in order, and the heart is corrupted, everything is corrupted, then homes are broken, Marriages are destroyed. Person, then the haya is gone. He is not concerned what is going to be the outcome. Whether his own children are going to be looking at him in shame. 
But all this happens as a result of not being careful about the use of our eyes. And this lesson we are being given in this aspect of Hajj, Fala Rafat, that for that limited time that Haji in Ihram is not even allowed from halal. He's prohibited from halal. What is halal at other times? That is a training that what is haram at other times stay very far away from it. Fala Rafat. The second thing, Wala Fusuk. No sin. In the state of Ihram, many permissible things have now become restricted. This is again like the month of Ramadan. During the time of the fast, the person halal food and drink, but he's not eating. One minute left for sunset, but he's still not eating. Allah Ta'ala's hukam, I can't eat. What difference is going to make one minute? You fasted the whole day. Allah Ta'ala's order. So Allah Ta'ala's command is still the sun hasn't set, you can't eat, so I won't eat. So that halal food and drink he gave up on the order Allah Ta'ala. What is haram all the time, now to the greater extent he will give it up on the order of Allah Ta'ala. The same with Hajj. is teaching the person all sin. Give it up. And this is the thing that destroys the barakat in so many things. The barakat in rizq gets destroyed as a result of sin. In the hadith Nabi Islam says that inna rajul layuhramu rizq min dhambin yusibuhu That a person becomes deprived of sustenance as a result of a sin that he has committed. One hadith it comes that this risk of a person is sometimes being descended. And then he commits some guna, it is taken away. The barakat is drawn out. Sometimes the quantity will still be there, but the barakat is gone. There is nothing that is good achieved out of it. So all this is being taught to us in this ayat of Hajj. Fala rafatha wala fusuk. Wala jidala fil hajj. Hajj tests a person's patience. Throughout the journey, there are challenges. Nowadays, the challenges have been minimized almost close to nothing compared to what it used to be. The journeys of those days, the journeys that used to take sometimes months through the deserts, through the jungles, those who used to go travel on the seas by ship which used to take several weeks, and all the things that used to go along with it. People used to travel from Makkah Sharif to Madinah Sharif. They didn't know whether they were going to make it alive. And this wasn't too long ago. Perhaps 60, 70 years ago. They used to be robbed on the way, hijacked. So there used to be numerous challenges. And then Hajj. There are crowds. There are people in restricted spaces. Everybody is trying to do the same thing at the same time. As a result, it creates many challenges. And in everything, a person is being required. Don't get into any argument with anybody. Don't get into any dispute with anyone. Still be smiling. Still take it in your stride. Again, this is a lesson for life. This is a lesson for life. It's not something restricted to Hajj. That this... Life after Hajj must be quarrel-free. This life after Hajj must be quarrel-free. Yes, there is. It doesn't mean that if a person, somebody has trampled, taken away his right, so he cannot demand it, he cannot ask for his right. But in the correct procedure, he will ask for it, but he will stay within the limits of Deen and Shariat. He will pursue it, no problem. If he has the heart and he has the ability to forget about it, that is even a greater thing. He's entitled to ask for it. One Buzruk, he was walking, one person came and he snatched away the bag that he was holding, carrying and walking. And he ran away with it. So as he started running, suddenly he realizes that now he's losing his vision. And then he suddenly became totally blind. He can't see where he is. So he started making a big noise, shouting out aloud. People came to him, what's the problem, what's going on? So he says, I have just stolen this bag from somebody. But it appears that he was somebody very special. And though these are not things that normally happen, 
But sometimes Allah Ta'ala manifests these things on behalf of some servants of His. So you see, it seemed like He was somebody very close to Allah Ta'ala. I just did this deed and already I'm suffering the punishment for it. I've turned blind. Please take me back to wherever He is so that I can ask Him to forgive me. So that I may be relieved of this azab and punishment. So in any case, they asked him, described the person, he gave some description. Where did you steal this money from? Where did you steal this bag from him? He says, well, I was, he was passing a certain place, that barber shop that is there, and that is where I snatched it from him. They brought him back to that point. The barber was still there. They asked that barber, that, do you know somebody of this description? He says, I don't know him, but I see somebody of this description passing here every salah time. He goes to the masjid past here and he comes back after that. Maybe he'll come for the next salah. So they waited. The time of the next salah came. They see the same description. Person coming along. So they took this person who was now gone blind. So he came and he met the person, took his hand and he said, please forgive me. So he said, forgive you for what? She so said, I'm the person who snatched that bag from you. There's your bag and please forgive me. So he says, I forgave you the moment you already turned around to run, I forgave you. When you turned around, you snatched the bag, I had already forgiven you in that same instant. So he says, you forgive me already? I had hardly even started running away and you already forgave me? He said, yes, my mind went somewhere else already. My mind was gone to another level, somewhere else. And as a result, I forgave you in that same instant. So where was your mind gone? So he said, my mind went to this, that on the day of Qiyamah, a person who has not settled his deed, his, all his affairs in this world, he'll be taken to task on that day. There will be this day of judgment, accountability, he'll have to answer for his deeds. And Nabi Islam has said that I will not be pleased till my last ummati enters Jannat. And I will wait. Now if I don't forgive you now, your accountability and you're going to have to answer and all the time that might take, I will become the cause of giving Nabi Islam this taklif. That due to me, somebody else is being taken to task and Nabi Islam is being disturbed. I can't bear that. Therefore, I forgive you same time. So there's no judgment left. There's no accountability on this issue. And Nabi Islam is not disturbed. This was his level of thinking. No argumentation. In principle, the person is entitled within the limits of deen and shariat. He has the right to ask for whatever is due to him. No problem. But within the limits of shariat and deen. And in the manner that has been taught to us in deen. Not that a person transgresses the limits of deen in pursuing his rights. So this is the lesson that is being given from this great ibadat of hajj. Which is not restricted to the hujjaj. The hujjaj will obviously get the practical lesson. But this is for every person to take these lessons in his life. And then to discuss the hadith that Nabi Islam described. That this is such a great ibadat. Al-hajjul maburur. Laysa lahu jaza'un illa al-jannah. There is no reward for this besides jannat. So the sahaba ikram, they didn't leave it to us to imagine what might be this hajjul maburur. How will it become hajjul maburur? They did us the great favor by asking Nabi Islam, please spell it out to us. So that today we could be taking the lesson. So, Qila wa ma birruha ya Rasulullah. O Nabi of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa you are giving us the virtue of a hajj that is filled with virtue. You are giving us the reward of the hajj that is filled with virtue. But what is the virtue of hajj? Which are the acts that fill it with bir, fill it with virtue. Now, hajj is such a great ibadat. First, once in a lifetime on a person who can afford it. And only possible to perform it in the Mubarak places, nowhere else. And such great rewards for it. Now, if a person now thinks of all this in this context, what will be the things that will fill it with virtue? Maybe a person who makes tawaf whole day and night, he can't even make tawaf anywhere else in the world. So maybe this will be the greatest virtue. And without tawaf, his hajj won't get made obviously. But maybe extra tawaf and nafil tawaf will fill it. Indeed, the more tawafs he makes, provided that he is not doing it in a way that he is incurring sin. That if it is so congested that he is now bumping into a woman 
or women are bumping into men, then that tawaf, nafil tawaf, that is to be avoided at that time. Person makes tawaf where he's not going to be bumping into non-mahrams. Otherwise, what he's earning, he's giving away more than that. He's draining out more than that. So in any case, this season could be the main thing. There could be so many other things. But Nabi Islam says the bir and the acts of virtue which will fill this hajj with and make it mabroor are three things. This doesn't mean that the other aspects won't be fulfilled. Person will make as much tawaf as possible. He'll make tilawat. He'll do all the other good actions. But three things Nabi Islam says. The first thing is ifshaus salam. Making salam common. Now, can our mind ever go to this in relation to hajj? Allah's Nabi Islam is giving us. That what will fill this hajj with virtue and bir? A person thinks of it, he's passing not tens or hundreds or thousands, he's passing millions of people sometimes. During the course of that entire hajj, from the time he goes to the time he returns, he's passed maybe millions of people. But how many times did he make salam? Whereas salam is that great gift that bonds hearts. When it is done with ikhlas, it is done with sincerity, it is done with the feeling of salam. Nabi Islam is saying, this is the virtue of hajj, ifshaw salam. Because ummah is one brotherhood. And to build that bond of brotherhood, we don't even make salam to those who we know. Whereas in the hadith, Nabi Islam says, وَسَلِّمْ عَلَى مَنْ عَرَفْتَ وَمَلَّمْ تَعْرِفُ Make salam to every person who you know, you don't know. Every Muslim brother makes salam to him. So the first thing, ifshaw salam. The second thing, it'amu ta'am. Feeding people. According to one's capacity. But again, this is that virtue which brings muhabbat. Now, if shaus salam, that also brings muhabbat. This is a lesson of hajj. That number one, wala jidala fil hajj, no argumentation. That the life after hajj will be coral free. Coral free wherever. If a person has some right to demand or to take, he will take it in the proper way. But his life will be coral free. Whether in his work, whether in his home, he will conduct himself in a coral free way. And now the bir of hajj are all the things that generate muhabbat. If shaus salam. Feeding people. Somebody invites us. We feel very much comfortable. We feel endeared to the person. There's muhabbat. There's love. We invite somebody. That person feels so nice. So this creates that bond. It creates muhabbat. First thing also, salam creates muhabbat. And the, so a person to feed, to feed according to his capacity, whoever, whenever, how much, whatever he can, somebody can feed one person. Somebody can feed one person one thing, he can give him one fruit. So he will do what he can, whatever his capacity is. One occasion we had the opportunity of being with him, and this aspect of it'amu ta'am was a lesson in action. Daily, throughout that period of time, up to the days of up to Hajj itself, and in the days of Hajj, that dastarkhan would be filled from one end to the other, and it would be open to anyone and everyone, and it was all the time people eating. So it's ta'am. And the third thing Nabi Salaam says kalam and sweet words, saying sweet words, talking sweetly. Talking in a way that will endear the person. Make the person feel comfortable. Make the person feel nice. Especially now in the times of Hajj. Now the challenges are there. And sometimes somebody is now getting a little bit impatient. Somebody is now getting a, maybe in some difficulty. And in all these situations, to still talk sweet words. But again, this is a lesson for life. That this lessons of hajj, when this hajj will be hajjul mabroor, this person will become an embodiment of muhabbat. He'll come back home with muhabbat. And he'll spread muhabbat for the sake of Allah Ta'ala.
Within the four walls of his home, he'll be muhabbad. Outside, he'll be muhabbad. He'll be muhabbad walking and talking. So this is the lesson they have been given from this great ibadat of hajj. That our heart should be attached to where the hujjaj are. Ushak kya karte honge? That what they are, what proximity are gaining to Allah wa ta'ala. And how they are moving ahead. So our heart should be attached there. But together with our hearts being attached, we should be taking these lessons also. We, whether we are sitting here, whichever part of the world we are sitting, these lessons of hajj are for us. The hujjaj will come back with these lessons. Whether we made it or not, these lessons are for us as well. The three things that the Quran Sharif spoke about, فَلَا رَفَثَ وَلَا فُسُوقَ وَلَا جِدَالَ فِي الْحَجِّ In our context and the general context, anything illicit, and all the things that lead to illicit activity, all these things we have to stay far away from. When a person will light the fire, he's going to get burnt. He's going to go in the rain, he's going to get wet. So to stay far away, the Quran Sharif never ever comes to discuss these, these issues as don't commit the wrong. The Quran Sharif says, Wala taqrabu zina. Don't even go close to zina. Don't even go close to any of these things. Person will go close, he might just get tipped into, into the pit. So the first thing was wala rafas, wala fusuq, giving up all sin. This is the essence of hajj. That a person comes back sinless and to remain away from all guna. Wala jidal al-hajj, and no argumentation, quarreling, to make his life an embodiment of muhabbat. To pass on muhabbat around him. Tibul kalam, sweet words. Our deen is so sweet. Everything about our deen is sweetness. The ibadat is so sweet. The beautiful akhlaq that deen teaches us is so sweet. The mu'amalat and mu'asharat is filled with sweetness. That others who come into contact with a person who is upholding the mu'alat of deen, that person says, I'm going nowhere else, I'll deal with this person. How many examples are of this? The mu'asharat, people came into deen purely on a person's mu'asharat. Except in Islam on how a person conducted himself, his akhlaq. Because there's so much of sweetness in this. Unfortunately, because we don't act on it, we are deprived of the sweetness. We are tasting bitterness in our lives all the time. And others get bitterness from us as well. So this is the lesson of hajj, of becoming the embodiment of muhabbat. And passing on the sweetness around, Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, give me also the tawfiq, and all of us the tawfiq, wa akhiru alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Allah <laughs> La ilaha illallah 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 
محمد الرسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم ہو جائے میرا لکھ میدان ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفسوں شیپا دونوں نے ملر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناماسیاں تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادم آخر وردے زبائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہ اللہ جل جلاله عمن وانه اللہ 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 اللہ
Allah, 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 Aashiqo ka mina aur jam hai Aah ra juz aasma hamdam nabun Raze ra ghayre khuda mehram nabun Aah ra juz aasma hamdam nabun Raze ra ghayre khuda mehram nabun Ilahi iban nara nuswa Garbadam man sirreman pedamakun Ilahi ibandara ruswamakun Garbadam man sirreman pedamakun Hartamanna dil se ruksat ho gai Abto aja abto khalwat ho gai Hartamanna dil se ruksat ho gai Abto aja abto khalwat ho gai मिटा दे अपनी हस्ती को छोड़ दे सानी बस्ती को बस्ती बस्ती कहता जा अल्लाह 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 Allah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah, Sallallahu Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, Alayhi wa Sallam. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد إله العالمين يا الله وموس موسف الله موس كريشس الله most kind Allah, most loving Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all the sins we have committed deliberately and unknowingly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, forgive the sins of the night and the sins of the day, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, shower down your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the sins of the ummah, Ya Allah. Bring the ummah back onto the deen of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Sallam. Ya Allah, bring the entire ummah back onto your obedience, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us and the entire ummah to do those a'mal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us all from those a'mal that bring down your adhab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, throughout the world, wherever the Muslims are suffering, remove their hardships, Ya Allah. Remove their difficulties, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the oppression from them, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, hold back the hands of the oppressors, Ya Allah. Give hidayat to the oppressors also, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if hidayat is not decreed for them, wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Bring such a 
say punishment on them that the entire world takes notice, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, relieve all the difficulties, Ya Allah. Those who are hungry and starving, give them food to eat, Ya Allah. Those who are without clothing, give them clothing to wear, Ya Allah. Those who are without shelters, give them shelters to live in, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, remove all the difficulties, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, unite the hearts of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Save us from all the sins, Ya Allah. Save us from all the haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the ears, Ya Allah. The sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. The sins of the tongue, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the heart, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, make us your obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make our children the coolness of our eyes, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, unite, unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make deen the most beloved to us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, accept the hajj of all those who have gone for hajj, Ya Allah. Make their hajj makbool and mabroor, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat spreading throughout the world, Ya Allah. Let every haji return home with the nur of, Ya Allah, nur of hajj, Ya Allah. Let it become the nur of hidayat for everyone, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us the tawfiq of visiting the haramain sharifain, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, take us with all the adab, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the Mubarak places, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, attach our hearts to the Mubarak places, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fill our hearts with the, with the nur and the anwarat of the Mubarak places, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are give them shakamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. All those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it, Ya Allah. Those who are in financial problems, remove their financial difficulties, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who have asked us to make dua for them, Ya Allah, fulfill all their pious needs, Ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those have passed away, fill their covers with nur, ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, ya Allah. Those who have passed away from our families throughout the ummah, ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive them entirely, ya Allah. Raise their stages in the akhirat, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, at the time of our death, take us with the kalima, la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on tawbat and nasuh, ya Allah. Take us on iman e kamil, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, ya Allah, make our covers gardens of jannah for us, ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who have asked us to make dua for them. Ya Allah, fulfill all their pious needs, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are present, you know the needs of each person, Ya Allah. You are the know of the unseen, Ya Allah. You know what are the aspirations in each one's heart, Ya Allah. What are each one's cries, Ya Allah, you are aware of it, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the barakat of these Mubarak days, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, let us become better people, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us the akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, let the lessons of hajj be imbibed in our hearts, Ya Allah. Let us live the lessons of hajj, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all that we have asked for, Ya Allah, grant it to us. Whatever we have not asked for without asking, grant it to us, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwa إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين